Well, good morning, church. Man, it is so good to be with you this morning. Let me just say this. If you have never, ever said yes to Jesus, as, as uh, Chandler was praying, it just sparked me to, to just say this. If you've never said yes, uh, let me just encourage you today to lean in, uh, to listen, and to listen to the Spirit of God. And, and I pray that maybe today would be the day that you would say yes to Jesus, because let me tell you, um, not only does the world need Jesus, but every single person needs Jesus in the world. And so I hope that you have said yes to him. And again, if you haven't, just kind of lean in today. And I'm praying for you, and I'm praying that today would be that day. Uh, it's so awesome to have everyone here with us today. And I got to tell you, Kentucky weather is just crazy. Um, and uh, so, man, I thought Florida weather was crazy, but Kentucky, uh, Florida doesn't hold a, a match to y'all. Uh, we were driving home yesterday, and it starts snowing and I'm like, what in the world is going on? It's like 42 degrees out and it's snowing. And so uh, it's just crazy. But, uh, but we're getting used to it. We're getting used to it because we, uh, um, we are, uh, we're getting used to being cold and then hot and then cold and then hot. Uh, well, warm, not really hot. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, it's awesome to have you with us. And, uh, and if you're watching online, we want to say welcome to you as well. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for tuning in. And um, today is Palm Sunday. I don't know if you realize it or not, but today is the day uh, that kicks off Holy Week. Uh, it's kind of an important week in the life of a church, and, uh, and so I hope that you're uh, preparing yourself for Holy Week because the days ahead of us uh, are filled with so much drama as we reflect on those final days leading up to uh, the cross and the crucifixion of Jesus on Good Friday, and then ultimately the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And, uh, and so I just want to challenge you and encourage you this week as we get into Holy Week, to take time, take time every day to kind of reflect and to think about what was Jesus thinking right now? Like what was going on in his mind? Today, he, he marches into Jerusalem. Everybody's singing hallelujah. They're waving their palms at him. He's riding into town. Uh, he kind of has this victory thing going on. And, uh, and then everything kind of changes because the same people that were saying hallelujah on Sunday, on Friday, were yelling crucify him, crucify him. And throughout the week, uh, just so much unfolds in that final days of Jesus. And I want to invite you to join me in reflecting every day. Just ask yourself the question, what might be going on in Jesus' heart right now? Uh, as you go back in time and you go back to that final week and, and think about those things. Think about what was Jesus thinking? Like, is he thinking about what's he going to tell the disciples when he has to tell them that one of them is going to betray him? Is he thinking about how am I going to, how am I going to uh, teach them about servanthood? Am I going to wash their feet? Is there going to be something else I'm going to do? Uh, what about the Last Supper and thinking about that and teaching them about communion? Because he knew, Jesus knew that we would forget, we would get distracted and we would get busy and we forget how much he loves us. And so he puts this thing called communion in there. And just think about, he knows that the cross is coming and, and there's anxiety and there's stress and there's anxiousness about that. And so I just want to invite you to spend time each day this week as we enter into Holy Week, thinking about what it is that Jesus was thinking and what you can learn from that as we get closer and closer to Easter. And thinking about Easter, don't forget um, that uh, your Easter invite cards which are on your chairs, and so everyone should have one. Uh, and just go ahead and take those and put them somewhere that you'll take them home. Like, don't leave them here. Like, I want you to take this invite card 
with you, and I want you to hand it off to somebody that you've been praying for, somebody that you've been thinking about, that you're like, man, I wish they'd come to church with me. Now's the time. Like, now's the time to invite them, so use this card as a tool. Say, just walk up to them and say, hey, I would love for you to join me on Easter Sunday. Here's some information about it. Here's all about my church on the back. It has all our little social media stuff. It has our website. Uh, It has a little picture of what we're about, and just say, hey, I would love for you to join me for Easter. And then make sure that you say, hey, by the way, how about I just pick you up and why don't we just go together? Maybe we can have lunch afterwards or maybe you can come over to my house and we'll have Easter lunch together and just invite somebody. So use this as a tool to invite your friends or invite your family to join you next Sunday for Easter. Also, I want to remind you, before we jump into our sermon, that Friday is Good Friday, and and it's a great time uh, to reflect on the cross, and so we're going to be here at 7 o'clock for our Good Friday service, and I want to invite you to come and join us, because we are, we're going to spend some time together, and we're going to be reflecting on what Jesus did on the cross for us, and then after that, we are going to share in communion together. So I hope that you'll join us for Good Friday service, and I hope that you'll use your invite cards to invite someone to come and be a part of what's happening here on Easter Sunday. And so today, today we're in our fifth and final week of this series that we've been calling Hashtag Struggles. And and we've been looking at technology, and we've been looking at uh, social media, and we've been talking about how how do we follow Jesus in this selfie-centered world. And I know that some of you have been challenged by this series. I know some of you have stepped on some of your toes and and, and thinking about social media and the amount of time that we spend in front of our screens and the amount of time we spend scrolling and trolling and the amount of time that we spend on social media and how these little devices really have uh, become a huge part of our lives. And so as we conclude our conversation today, I just want to talk to you about how do we find rest, right? Like how do we find rest for our souls, because so many of us are tethered. So many of us are tethered to our devices. And how do we find spiritual rest for our souls when we're spending so much time on this thing? And I can't think of a more appropriate way to start this very important message than using a few lines from my favorite all-time classic movie, if you don't agree, keep it to yourself, Napoleon Dynamite. And, uh, And when Kip, At the end of the movie, when Kip uh, sings his soul out to his soulmate, uh, LaFonda. And I want to read, uh, there's a picture of it for you right there. I want to read what he sang to her. He says these words, and they're so touching. You got to pay attention. He said, we met in a chat room, right? Like whatever love song ever started that way, but his does. We met in a chat room. Now our love can fully bloom. Sure, the World Wide Web is great, but you, you make me salivate. Yes, I have technology, but I love technology, but not as much as you, you see. But I still love technology always and forever. Like, who sings a love song like that and who ends it by saying, I love technology, always and forever. But if we're really being honest with ourselves, we can relate to those lyrics that Kip sang to LaFonda. Like, we get that, because we love technology, don't we? I mean, I absolutely love all the amazing things about what this phone can do. Uh, I love it. I love uh, all the things that it does. 
But at the same time, as much as I love it, I also hate it. I love it for the obvious reasons, but I hate the fact that I am often a slave to this thing. I hate that I'm often connected or tethered or chained to this device. I hate how much it owns me. Carrie Newhoff, who is a pastor in Canada, also writes tons of blogs and speaks everywhere. And he said this, he says, like money, social media is a great servant, but a horrible master. A great servant, but a horrible master. And that speaks to me, thinking about that. And, and so today, I want us to jump into God's word right away. And I want us to find some wisdom from God's word. Uh, and have your Bibles. I just want you to check out um, Apostle Paul. He's writing uh, to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. And so as you're opening up your Bible app or opening your Bibles uh, to do that, let me just give you some context. Uh, and so Paul, he's talking to the church at Corinth, and, and this church, well, they were into all sorts of perverted and sinful actions. I mean, the church was really struggling, and the people in Corinth were really struggling, and he was explaining something to them. He was explaining that in Christ that we have freedom and, and, and that we, we find freedom in Christ. And so let me just read to you what he says, though. He says this in verse 12. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say. He saw in the church, you guys say, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. And then he says these wise words. He says, but I will not be mastered by what? anything. I have the right to do anything. I have freedom, but, but not everything is beneficial. And I will not be mastered by anything. And, and I don't know about you, but that'll preach. I mean, think about that. If we just dive into that, I, I have the right to do anything, but I won't be mastered by anything. And if I really believe, and if you really believe that the power of Christ in us should be bigger than anything else in our lives then we can say with confidence, I will not be mastered by anything. If Jesus is truly at the center of our lives and at the center of everything that we do, that everything we do springs out of our relationship with Jesus, then we can say with confidence, I, I can do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered by an addiction to food. I will not be mastered by an addiction to pornography. I don't want to be mastered by this thing either, by my phone. And quite honestly, so often, if I'm really being honest with you, so often my phone controls me and I don't control it. I mean, who would have ever thought that we would even have to have this conversation, right? Like, who would have ever thought that we would have to be sitting here and having this conversation that this little piece of electronics is mastering our lives. But the truth is this, that in our world today, this is a serious issue. For a lot of people, a lot of people are struggling with allowing this little device to control and consume their lives. Now, for some of you, this isn't an issue. For some of you, like your phone and technology is not a big struggle for you. Uh, and you've mastered it. And you're not mastered by your phone. And if that's you, that's awesome and that's great. And you get to sit back today and you just get to relax. I mean, this is an easy one for you. And I'm not going to step on your toes. But for so many of us, 
This is a real issue. This is a serious issue in our lives. So you might want to lean in and you might want to listen carefully because so many of us are mastered by, drawn to, addicted to, and compulsively checking our phones constantly. This became really real to me uh, a few weeks ago. I went to get my Kentucky driver's license, which today I have officially have a Kentucky driver's license. I do. And uh, so it's real now. If I could just get my cars registered. But I have a Kentucky driver's license. And as I was sitting there and, and, and going through the motions of getting it, the guy behind the counter, uh, he had his phone sitting right there next to the keyboard on his desk face down. And every time there was a pause or he's waiting for the computer to do something or whatever, you know what he'd do? He'd pick up his phone and he'd check it. And he might type something or text something or he'd scroll through something and he'd put it down when it, was, when it was on to the next step. And he kept going back and forth. And it was kind of driving me nuts. I'm like, dude, I'm right here. Like, I'm the one getting the driver's license. Like, you should be paying attention to me. And, and, and he kept looking at his phone and it became real to me that I, I do the same thing. Like, so many of us are addicted to compulsively checking our phones. And our default mode is to pull out our phones and let it interrupt us whenever we're interrupt whatever we're doing. And, and, and just in, in fact, just so to make sure that we're all on the same page, I came up with uh, the top seven ways. The top seven ways to know that you are addicted to technology or your social media. Are you ready for them? Here they are. Number seven, you plan throwback Thursdays weeks in advance. If that's you, if you're on social media and you're planning your throwback Thursdays weeks in advance, you might be addicted to social media. Number six, your cat has, your, has its own Instagram account. If your cat has your own Instagram account, you might be addicted to social media. Number five, you wake up and you grab your phone so you can guess today's word on Wordle and post it on Twitter. You have an addiction to social media. Or maybe number four, you change your Facebook profile more than a 12-year-old girl does. If that's you you might have a problem. Or number three, you sleep with your phone like a teddy bear. You're cradling your phone as you sleep at night. If that's you, you might have a problem. Or number two, you say LOL and OMG out loud in real life conversations. If that's you, you might have a problem. Or the number one way that you know that you might be addicted to social media is if you look forward to going to the bathroom so that you can scroll through Instagram and you find your legs falling asleep and going numb in there, you might have a problem. And so if all the time, if all the time you're spending, uh, you find yourself looking at your phone rather than talking to the people right in front of you, you might be addicted to social media. If it bings and you can't help but look at it, if someone else's phone dings and you can't help but looking at your phone, there might be a problem. You know, studies show that about 66% of people have extreme anxiety if they lose connection with their phone. That if their batteries fail or if they leave their phone at home, that they become extremely anxious. And those uh, ages 18 to 24, the number jumps to 76%. And that over three and four uh, in that age group, over, uh, over three and four in that age group have a massive fear of not being connected. Like how many of y'all have taken maybe your, your teenager and you've gone on 
vacation. You've gone to, the, uh, to a mountain cabin, removed and secluded, and there's no Wi-Fi, and there's no connection, and they're like freaking out. Like the first thing they ask you, even on the way, hey, is there Wi-Fi there, right? Like, can, am I going to be able to get on my phone? And am I going to be able to get connected? And then they're like, find out that there's no connection. And then you're like, hey, can we go to Starbucks? I really want some coffee. And the only reason they want to go to Starbucks is so they can get reconnected, right? And, and so there's a problem. There's a problem. Uh, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, and and I, I'm right there with you. Like, I've left my house in the morning, and I've forgotten my phone. And as soon as I realize that I've forgotten my phone, I start freaking out a little bit. Like, I'm thinking, I don't have my phone. I can't text. I can't call. What if Jen needs to get a hold of me? What if Jackson needs to get a hold of me? What if Emma needs to get a hold of me? I can't Spotify. I can't, I can't check my social media. I can't do anything. And, and I'm powerless. I mean, how can I run the world without my phone? And I'm freaking out. And what do I do? I turn around, right? And I go home and I get my phone. And all of a sudden, I'm experiencing anxiety because I'm disconnected. And you're probably the same way, and, and it gets worse. 58% of people don't go one waking hour without checking their phone. I mean, think about that. 58% of Americans, they won't go one waking hour without checking their phone. And 59% of you check your email as soon as it comes up. As soon as the notification goes off on your phone or your laptop or your wherever, you're checking it. Right away, as soon as it comes, and 89% of you will check your work email on vacation. Like, that's why we call it vacation, so you can get away from work, and you're checking your email. Now, students, let me just check in with you for a minute, because here's what the studies show for you guys, that for students and teenagers, it shows that 80% of you sleep with your phone. 80% of you are sleeping with your phone on your bed, under your pillow, right next to you. And I thought, that's crazy, right? Like, how do you sleep? How are you getting rest if you're sleeping with your phone? And 84% of people believe that they couldn't go one day without their phones. Not one day. And I'm curious. I mean, let's just be honest today. And, and I want you, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to remember, watching as I ask you this question, but how many of you would say... That one of the last things you do in your day is check your phone. And one of the first things you do in the morning is check your phone. Let's be honest. Don't lie. You're in church. God's watching. How many of y'all would say the last thing you do and the first thing you do? All right. Keep your hands up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Don't put them down. Now I want anyone else to look around. And uh, as you're looking around, I want you to touch people with their hands up and say, hey, this message is for you. Right? Like this one's for you. I mean, I, I even looked. I looked at my habits this week, and uh, as I was looking at my habits over the week, I realized that um, this week, as I, as I was preparing for this message, I realized that I got a text message after 10 o'clock, uh, and, and I responded to it, that as I was going to bed, that I, I recognized that I, I have this habit of checking my phone one more time. I'll check it for text messages. I'll check it for emails, and then I'll scroll through Facebook one more time just to see if there's any notifications or anything that I missed. And I don't know how many times I've done this, that I've looked at my phone one last time, and there's an email notification, and I'll read it. I'll open up that email, and I'll read it, and inevitably, only people that are mad at you send emails after 10 o'clock at night. And, and every time, it's an angry email. Someone's sending me like a hate mail, 
And, and I lose sleep over it. I don't sleep the rest of the night. Because all I'm doing is brewing and stewing over what someone said, and, and there's nothing I can do about it. It's too late to fix, and so I just lose sleep because I can't get sleep because I'm thinking about what that person said. And here's what happens for so many of us, and, and this might, you might want to write this down, that we have the inability to shut down. Because of these things, we have the inability to shut down. And for so many people, the default is this. That if there's nothing going on right now, that if you're not thinking about anything meaningful, if you're not making a difference in the world, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get on this. You pick up your phone, you swipe up, you start scrolling and trolling, you just start wasting time uh, looking at whatever. And that's the default for so many of us. And it's the default for why, what we do at night. And before we recognize it, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning and we're like on our 35th uh, round of, of Candy Crush. If you still play Candy Crush, you might have a problem. But, but you're, you're on your 35th round of Candy Crush and you aren't sleeping and you got to get up in four hours. And here's what's going on. Our minds aren't shutting down. And we're constantly distracted and we don't work. We don't even work anymore for long stretches. Uh, and, and with great productivity, because if something bings or beeps or notifies us, it breaks our concentration, and we find ourselves with our RPMs always running, like our brains are always going, and we can't shut down, and we can't find rest, like we're overwhelmed, and we don't know why. I mean, we're short with our kids, and we can't figure it out. Spiritually, we feel exhausted and far from God, and we don't know why. And we're longing, always longing for something more. And yet we keep scrolling, and we keep trolling, and we're never finding what we're looking for. And if I would ask everyone in this room, I bet we would all agree that our bodies need rest. Right? Like, guess what? Not only do your bodies need rest, but your souls need rest too. Our souls need to be disconnected from binging and dinging and notifying and swiping and trolling and scrolling. It needs rest long enough for us to find peace and even some solitude. Like if you look at the life of Jesus, if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the Gospels and you read about Jesus you'll see that he intentionally took moments of solitude where he went off by himself and he was still and he modeled that for us. And that's been going on since the very beginning of time. You read in Genesis and you read about creation and what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. He rested and we need to find rest for our souls. We need to be of God who created us. We need to know him. We need to walk with him. We need to be uh, an intimate, ongoing, thriving relationship with the creator of the universe. And we can't do that when we're constantly on this. We need to find rest. So please hear me when I say this. I love technology. I'm not against technology. I'm not against social media. But I also want you to hear this, that I refuse to be mastered by anything, including technology. You see, Christ is bigger than any addiction in me. Christ is bigger than any addiction in you. And you will not be mastered by it if you choose not to be. So 
if you find yourself constantly connected and constantly frustrated that there, there's got to be something more for you out there, then I'm going to argue that God has a special rest for you in Jesus. Like if you're restless, if you can't find rest, if you're constantly on edge, I would say that you need rest for your soul. And I want to look at another scripture this morning in Hebrews chapter 4. And this is a beautiful scripture that reminds us of our need for rest. And the author of Hebrews uh, has some very important words for us. So if you have your Bibles, you were in 1 Corinthians, just go a couple more books to the right, you'll find Hebrews. And I want you to read with me Hebrews chapter 9, beginning, or chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. And here's what he says. He says, so there is a special rest waiting for the people of God. Think about that for a minute. There's a special rest waiting for the people of God. Verse 10, for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So the author of Hebrews is saying, listen, church, there is this special rest for those of you who are Jesus, it's the same kind of rest that we find in Genesis when it says that on the seventh day, God rested. So it says in verse 11, so let us do our best, not by accident, not by freak chance, but it says let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So why is it that we don't find rest? Why is it that we struggle so hard? I think St. Augustine said it best when he said this about God. He said, God, you have made us for yourself. We have been made for God. And he says, oh Lord, and our soul is what? Restless, Restless until it finds what? Rest. Rest in who? In God. God, you have made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and our soul is restless and rest in you. And some of you, well, this idea, this thought captures right where you are. Your soul has been restless for so long. Like if you were to log your sleep and check it, you'd be like up half the night. And, and, uh, and because you're restless, you've been looking for rest, but you've been looking for it in all the wrong places. You use this thing to rock you to sleep at night, but it doesn't rock you to sleep at night. All it does is keep your brain moving and keep you from getting rest and you wake up tired and exhausted. You see, church, here's the deal. You have a Christ-shaped void that nothing but God will fill and your soul is restless until you find your rest in him. And Jesus knew this. And this is why he shares in Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29, these words. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. In other words, restless. And I will give you what? Everybody say it. Rest. rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and what? You will find rest for your souls. You see, there's a special rest that comes from being still with Jesus. So what do we do? How do we do that? How do we find rest 
and God. Let me give you two practical, but I think life-changing thoughts about rest as we wrap up today. And the, and the first is very simple. And the first one is just, it's so obvious. But it's this, I'm going to encourage you to learn the discipline of being still. I want you to learn the discipline of being still. So that's number one, be still. Just say it with me. Be still. Look to the person next to you. Say it to them. Be still. You see, learn. Learn to be disconnected from this thing and learn to be still in the presence of God. You see, David knew this in the Old Testament. That's why he said this. He said, be still and focus on God. Be still and know that I am God. And if you, have you all ever been around a kid, a young kid that can't be still? Anyone ever been around one of those kids? <laughs> yep, I hear you, Karen. I see you. I see that hand, Karen. So, so um, I was that kid uh, growing up. As a matter of fact, um, my mom called me Hyper Diaper. I was never still. She put a t-shirt on me. She's watching right now. She put a t-shirt on me that said, here comes trouble to warn everybody. It had a big bomb on it to warn everybody that this kid is going to drive you crazy because I can't be still. Now, let me ask you this. How many of y'all are married to a kid that can't be still? Anyone married to a kid that can't be still? All right. My wife is. She's married to a kid that can't be still. Sometimes I know that this is what she wants to say to me. She wants to just say to me, would you just sit down and be still in the name of Jesus, be still, right? Like that's what, she, that's what you want to say sometimes. And, and sometimes that's what you have to say to your soul. For those of us that are feeling restless, for those of us that are feeling wiped out, tired, and exhausted, sometimes you just have to say to your soul, be still, don't be so wound up. Sit down. Be at rest. In fact, again, this is what David said in Psalm 131, verse 2. He says, but I have calmed and quieted myself. Notice what he did. He was the one doing it. He had to convince himself. He had to calm himself down and quiet himself. It didn't just happen by accident. But he had to be intentional about doing it. He didn't just wake up one day and, and get five text messages and three Snapchat notifications and then go, oh, I'm so still and chill. No, he had to take the initiative. He had to force his soul to be still. He did it. He thought his way into a state of rest and solitude. And sometimes, guys, y'all just have to tell yourselves be still. Y'all have to tell yourselves, I'm putting it down, right? Like I'm putting it down. I'm putting it face down. I'm turning the notifications off. Maybe turn the phone off and be still. Because here's what David said. Here's his exact words. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am what? Content. Like if you're constantly restless and there's no contentment in you, then you need to tell your soul to be still. It's taking time out of your day to do nothing but to be still before God. Let me just encourage you, take five minutes. Just take five minutes. If you don't have five minutes in your day to be still, then you need therapy because everyone should have five minutes to be still. It will be difficult. I'm not gonna lie to you. It'll be the most difficult thing that you've ever done in a long time to be still, to be quiet for five minutes. And you're going to start, 
You're going to start, and 30 seconds into it, your phone is going to vibrate, and you're going to wonder what's happening, what's going on, what am I missing, what's somebody posting about me, what's someone saying, uh, what am I, what, am, what a new Instagram reel am I missing, and you're going to feel that anxiety, but just be still. Make a commitment to say, you know what, for five minutes, five minutes, I'm going to shut everything down, and I'm going to be completely still. And let me just tell you, it may be one of the most difficult things you've ever done, but it will also be one of the most satisfying things you've ever done. Here's what happened to me in seminary. We went on a, uh, uh, we're in class and we say, hey, we're going to do a field trip. We're going to go out here to this place and have a retreat. By the way, don't bring your phones. And everyone just started getting anxious in that moment. Don't bring your phones. And then they said, okay, so you're going to be quiet and not allowed to talk to anyone and be still for five hours. Not minutes, five hours hours and you could hear the complaining going on in everyone's mind it's just like echoing out of their brain they're like how in the world are we going to be quiet how are we going to be disconnected for five hours and everybody was miserable going into it like they said okay we're going to pray and they prayed and they dismissed us and we were had to be quiet and still for five hours and i thought the first 30 minutes i'm like this is never gonna work i'm like i'm going crazy i can't do this but then before I knew it, the five hours were gone. And it was the most satisfying five hours of my life to be still and to be unplugged and to be quiet and to look around and to notice the birds and to notice the sky and to notice the beautiful uh, scenery around me, to notice the flowers and the weeds and the little worm crawling on the, on the little piece of grass and notice all of these things that I don't normally notice because I'm not still. And to say, God, you are so amazing. Look at all this stuff that you've created and you've done. And I'm missing it because I'm constantly moving and going and plugged in and connected. And so let me just encourage you, not five hours, just five minutes, to practice letting things go. To quiet your mind. To quiet your thoughts. To look around and to see the things that God, have done, God has done. Be still, God says, and know that I am God. See, in that moment, in that five hours, I got a lot of opportunities to know that God was God by looking around and by thinking and by clearing my mind. So just be still. Have the discipline not to be mastered all the time by this thing, but take time instead to have the discipline uh, by the power of Jesus to contemplate the goodness of God and simply be still. Be still. I promise, I promise you, God can run the universe without you for five minutes. He can do it, I promise you. And, and so just commit. Commit to, uh, to be still and chill and focus on being in the presence of God and just do that for five minutes. The second thing is this that I want to encourage you to do, and it's really, really important. And, and if we're going to be still, um, and we're going to do that, then we're going to have to make a plan. And that's number two, make a plan. Everybody say it with me, make a plan. So if being still is a problem for you, then let me encourage you to go ahead and make a plan ahead of time. Like make a plan before you go into this. Proverbs thirteen sixteen says this. It says, a wise man thinks ahead, but a fool doesn't and even brags about it. So let me just say, a wise man, uh, someone who's wise, is always going to think ahead and have a plan. A fool, and we, a lot of us are foolish, and we just think, oh, I'm just going to go with it. Uh, and a lot of us are being foolish because we're thinking this thing's no big deal. 
A lot of you are like, ah, I hear you, Pastor Rick. That's great. I'll, I'll think about it, but I'm really not controlled by this thing. I'm the master of it. It's not the master of me, but it is a big deal. And, and I'm going to tell you right now that that phone or that social media or whatever that technology is, it can be hurting your relationships right now. Like, it could literally be hurting your marriage over time. Like, I don't know how many times Jen and I have gone out and we've looked around at the tables around us and we see uh, couples on date night, right? They're like on date night. And here's how they're spending their date night. They're across the table from each other. And this is their date night. And, and I just want you to know that, that this thing can be hurting your marriage. It can be hurting your intimacy with God. It can be distracting you from raising your kid if you don't get control of it. And so make a plan. If this is becoming a problem and you're recognizing that it's becoming a problem, call it what it is and make a plan. Don't be ashamed of it. Say, you know what? I think my phone is mastering me. I'm not mastering it. I need to make a plan. And, 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 and here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to have a defensive plan and an offensive plan because every good team has a defense and a strong defense and a strong offense. And so, um, so here it is. Pray about it. Pray about what your plan's going to be. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your best friend. Talk about it with your group. Say, hey, I'm really struggling with this phone thing. I'm struggling with my technology. I think it's taking control over me and my life, and I need to come up with a plan and talk to somebody about it. And your defense might be this. Like your defensive plan might be, you know what? I'm not going to allow phones at the dinner table anymore. Like at our dinner table, when our family has dinner, wherever it is, our phones stay in our pockets or our phones don't even come to the room. Like, we're going to do that. Or your plan, your defensive plan might be, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put a limit, a time limit on how much time I spend on my phone. And so at the end of the day, at 10 o'clock or 9.30 or 9 o'clock, whenever it is, you're going to say, you know what? I'm shutting my phone down. I'm shutting it down. Like, after 9 o'clock, I don't, I don't, I don't um, scroll and troll anymore. After 9 o'clock, I'm not doing Candy Crush anymore or whatever game you play. Uh, after 9 o'clock, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm taking a time out. I'm not surfing Amazon for the next, next great thing. I'm not looking at Pinterest and comparing my life to other people's lives. I'm not looking at Snapchat and seeing what's funny and what's not. I'm not going to do it. After 9 o'clock, I'm shutting it down. And I'm not turning it back on until 6 o'clock the next morning. Or maybe you need to put your phone on do not disturb. And some of you do that. I do that. Put your phone on do not disturb. If you're not in my contacts, my phone's not ringing. Like, and if, if it's not a certain amount of people, my phone's not going to ring uh, after 10 o'clock. Um, or uh, whatever it, your rule is, make sure that it's a defensive way to say, I'm not going to use this. I'm going to use this, but I'm not going to be mastered by it, right? And so um, turn off social media notifications. One of the greatest things I did was that. Like I went in my settings and I turned off all my social media notifications. So they don't bing or ding anymore. They don't even come up in the little red dot, right? Like they don't come up on my phone at all because I found myself constantly looking to see if there was notifications. I just turned them off. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe take a social media break for a few days. Maybe take a week off. Say, you know what? I'm going to take a break. Let your Facebook friends or whoever know, I'm taking a break. I'll be back, but I'm taking a break. Or maybe, maybe if it's really bad, maybe it's time to take a month-long break, right? I have friends that have done that, and they like take a, a, a month off from Facebook, and they don't use it. And, and, and they, they tell you it's such a, a joy in their lives because they find so much time that they didn't think they had, and they spend more time being still and knowing that God is God. And so if you're feeling like you're totally mastered by it, take a month off. And, and, and whatever your plan is, just come up with a defensive plan. And then not only do you need a defense, but you need a good offense. And so maybe uh, use your tech in an offensive way. 
So maybe uh, you use your phone as your primary tool for relating to God. So when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do, instead of going to your social media site, the first thing you do is you open up the Bible app. And you go to the YouVersion Bible app, and you read today's scripture verse. Or maybe the first thing you do is you get one of their Bible reading plans. I don't know if you've looked at this or not. YouVersion has tons of Bible reading plans. And you go to your Bible reading plan. And the first thing you do instead of scrolling and trolling is you're reading God's word. And that's your best offense, to to feed on the word of God, to let it build your soul, let it renew your spirit and your mind, and let it transform you into the image of God. And so make this this an offensive weapon. Say, that's the first thing I'm going to do when I wake up in the morning and take five minutes and read God's word. Or maybe, you know what, you use it to set a timer and set a timer for five minutes of being still. Before anyone wakes up in the house, before you get your coffee, just sit and be still where you can contemplate the goodness of God. Or some of you, maybe it's, it's, it's a, a, an intentional time of prayer, a consistent prayer time. And maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone because it's going to be an offensive weapon. I'm going to set an alarm. And so at 7.30 every morning, it's going to go off, and it's going to remind me to spend some time in prayer. I know like uh, Matt Kidd tells us he's got a uh, thing that does that on his phone where uh, he'll spend time in prayer. So offensively, uh, use it as an offensive weapon to be bathed in the presence of God as you learn to read his word and as you learn to pray without ceasing and to have a focused prayer time. And some of you, uh, for some of you, it's cultivating a worship spirit. So I use Spotify a lot, and, uh, and I have all my worship music on Spotify. I use Warehouse's worship list, song list. I use a couple other of my favorite song lists, and I'll pop that on as I'm driving, after I drop uh, Jackson off from school and on my way to the church, and I am jamming out, and I'm worshiping God in my car, and I'm using Spotify to do that. And, and so, listen, uh, you don't just worship on the weekends. Like, we need to get that out of our brain. We worship Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, uh, and so uh, your heart is always being lifted towards God as the week goes on. And so find some worship. Use your phone as an offensive weapon to worship God. And sometimes it's going outside. Sometimes it's saying, you know what, I'm going to put the phone down. I'm going to go outside. And I'm going to look at the awesome creative power of God. And so it's just looking at the sunset. But here's the deal. You're looking at the sunset and resist the temptation to take a picture and post it because you don't need likes for something God wanted you to love. You don't have to. Just enjoy it. The other day I walked out of our house and, uh, and, and we noticed two tulips popping up in the front yard. And uh, they just popped up. Didn't know they were there. Brand new house. Not sure what, you know, people had tulips and they planted them in the front yard and there they are. And I was like, when I first saw them, I'm like, man, that's awesome. Like they're bright and they're colorful and they're God's creation. And I just stopped for a minute. And I was like, God, thank you. Thanks for like these two tulips because they remind me of you. And so sometimes we need to do that. We just need to stop, put it down, take a look at what's going on around us. And here's the deal you got to talk about it. If you're struggling with tech, talk about it. Share it with somebody. Tell somebody, I'm really struggling. Like, I feel like it's becoming the master of me rather than me being the master of it. And so right now is the time to decide. Like, right now is your time to decide. Uh, are you just going to continue like you, you started? Are you going to continue to allow this thing to control your life? Are you going to continue to scroll and troll? Are you going to continue to waste time on here and be mastered by it? Or are you going to chart a new path today? 
It's your decision. But this is where the rubber meets the road. Today is the day that you're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to be mastered by my tech. I'm going to love it. I'm going to use it. I'm not going to, but I'm not going to allow it to become my master. And so, church, here's the deal. As the worship team comes up, be still. Learn to be still and know that there is one God who loves you and is more deserving of your worship than this thing is. God deserves our worship, and he loves us, and he wants us to worship him. And when we're constantly spending our time scrolling and trolling, we're missing opportunities to experience and to receive the love and the grace that he has. There's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus says, Seek first my kingdom, and I will give you everything you need, including rest. And some of you are walking around and you're exhausted because you're spending all your nights on your phone. You're spending all your time on your tech. You're chatting. You're scrolling. You're posting. You're commenting. You're searching. You're spending money on Amazon. You're comparing your life to others on Pinterest. And you're exhausted because by the time you realize that you've been maybe getting four hours of sleep. It's time to unplug, church. It's time to be still and know that he is God. Let's be intentional about being still before God and knowing who he is. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for that special rest that you have for every single one of us. But God, if we don't have a relationship with you, guess what? We can't experience that rest. Lord, even your son Jesus said, come to me all you who are tired and restless and I will give you rest. Lord, we're a tired people and we need rest. So Father, I pray that as your people, that we would live with you at the center of our lives. And while we can enjoy our technology, Father, may we not allow it to become our master. Because Lord, at the end of the day, you're our Lord and you're our savior, not our tech. God, I pray this morning if there is someone in this room who has never said yes to you, that today would be the day they would recognize that they have lived their lives on their own and they have gotten nowhere. But they would surrender their lives to you, that they would find this rest that we're talking about. And Lord, it's so simple. You made it so easy. God, your word says that if we will believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that you are Lord, that we would be saved. So God, I pray that if there's someone in here today, that they would make that confession. They just say, God, I recognize that I am lost without you. I am restless without you. But today is the day that I give my life to you. I surrender it to you and recognize that you are my Lord. You are the one that's going to rescue me. My tech's not going to rescue me. My friends aren't going to rescue me. The amount of likes I have aren't going to rescue me. Only you will give me rest. And I give my life to you.
Father, for those of us that are recognizing that maybe our tech has become a little more, uh, a little more of an influencer in our lives than we would care to even admit, that today would be the day that we would say, you know what, I need to spend less time on my tech and more time at the foot of the cross. Less time scrolling and more time kneeling before the Lord. We love you, Lord. Thanks for giving us rest. And Lord, as we sing this last song, I pray that you would fill our hearts and our souls with your supernatural rest. In your name we pray, amen. So worship team leads us. If you'd like to come and pray, we always invite you and encourage you to come.